0: Spurs in full cry here. Look at that!
1: Welcome, listeners, to the Extra Inch. My name's Wendy, and I'm joined by my sidekick and best friend, Barty. Hello, Barty. Hello, Wendy. And our tactics guy and covert human
0: intelligence source, Nathan
1: a. Clark. Hello, Nathan.
0: <laughs> I wasn't expecting that one. No. Is there a, is there a reference or a joke I'm missing there?
1: Yeah. So so chiz um, became a thing last night. The BBC had to, had to literally explain what a chiz was after line of duty was screened oh. because they just started using it like literally all the time with um with no introduction to what it might have meant i mean it's kind of clear from the context of the show what it meant no, no no no
2: they really they really did make a mistake with that because they did. i spent the first 10 minutes going you're what and then it sounded my wife... like jizz as well. <laughs> yeah, my wife was like, "What is it?" And I'm like, "I don't know. I think it's an informant." But it did say, "I want to know where the chiz is." It was like, "Yeah, this is <laughs> this is strange."
1: It was really weird. It was really weird. Anyway, that's the reference, Nathan. But okay. clearly, you think uh, Line of Duty is far beneath you.
0: Copaganda, mate. Um, I know. I I think I will <laughs> I will watch it once once it's a close and I can watch it all within the space of three months instead of I'm too impatient I don't like to watch shows while they're still running I mean I will if they're really good ones but line I, of I, I sort wait. of
1: I sort of like it as a novelty there aren't many shows that I watch in a in this format, where I literally have to wait a week, it's, it's Line of Duty and Walking Dead are the two things that I watch in that way.
2: And it's horrible. It doesn't work because you can't, there's no flow to it. You can't go from a quiet episode and then immediately into one that kicks <laughs> off. Like, Line of Duty was a bit boring, and now we've got to wait seven days, and it's just like, is it worth waiting seven days for the next episode? <laughs> so, Bardi, are you, are you thinking of stopping it and then picking them all up when it's finished? No, no, because people will spoil it all over the place. That's the thing, isn't it? That's the yeah. thing,
1: it's the spoilers. Yeah, Yeah. Uh, apparently Jed Mercurio isn't actually that nice a bloke I've been reading this week. He um, took some criticism from a journalist very badly and called them the C word. And uh, yeah, turns out he's not. I like sweetness and light. Mm. well it's very he's a, he's a very good writer although I did read someone else um, this isn't going to all be about line of duty by the way no it could um, be there's
0: not a huge amount to talk about in terms <laughs> if we I've watched WandaVision because the the members of the discord chat were talking about WandaVision I started watching succession we could just do a TV episode
1: I mean
2: we probably should no 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 um, we need to talk about the win we can't spend <laughs> we can't spend eight hours talking about losing matches and then not do anything about <laughs> wins let's we won a game let's get going with this Look, okay. buddy, He's
1: back up his hill, and it's a beautiful day out there. It is sunny. I've had a lovely walk today. The sun is shining. The birds are tweeting. Bardi's hill is looking tempting. So he's he's popped up there with his
0: green grass, with his
1: caviar, and
2: his his moet and yeah, he's happy as Larry. I'd like to think of it as doing um, hill repeats. You get nice and fit by running up the hill mm. and then relaxing down, and then running back up. So I'm I'm in the midst of hill repeats, and you know I'm, I'm halfway back up this pretty steep hill. Shout out to some of our listeners who've given us some reviews. Um,
1: Hot and Gassy left a really good one about Spurs against Leon. Uh, Valazza left this review. So the title is so negative. The content of the review is so difficult to listen to sometimes. We win twice in a week. And every time I listen to this podcast, mm. I come out feeling negative about my club um, and, and gave one star. Um, so thank you for, for that, Surfer. for continuing to listen, despite <laughs> the fact that, that we obviously absolutely appall you. I, no, honestly, um, stop listening is the best thing I can say. <laughs> no, Not, not because listen. I want people to stop listening, just because it's obviously not it's not making you happy. I don't want anyone to listen if it's not making them happy. Right? Right. Sounds like my alt account. <laughs> Could be oh my god, I didn't even consider that. But maybe Nathan, are we being are we being negged by our podcast mates?
0: <laughs> we really are going as far as we can to not talk about football, aren't we?
1: Yeah, um, one more little bit of admin before we we do talk about um the football. Nathan did a video with Harry Brooks, our friend Harry Brooks, uh, really enjoyable one for the patrons, one for the ex subs. Um, it was about whether Jose Mourinho coaches attack. And you you disagreed in a very sort of respectful way. Um, you you both I think both pointed out a few useful things to one another along the way, and uh, I, I got a lot from it. So thank you, Nathan. It was great work. How did you find that with Harry?
0: Yeah, really interesting. Um, <laughs> I think it'd be very hard for a lot of people to have sort of um, like debate isn't the right word because a debate is like a formal thing. But, you know, thought out disagreements. Um, in depth on these kind of things. Obviously, you know, the nature of Twitter is is not sort of uh, a useful tool in that regard because you just try and strengthen everything down. Um, yeah, it, it was really good. It kind of didn't go quite as I was expecting because, like, the the premise, the concept I was setting up is that, like we w- we would answer the question does Mourinho coach attack and explore more of the details and essentially right from the off we sort of largely agreed that of course like he does coach it a bit but not a huge amount and he leaves a yeah. lot up to the players and so instead of sort of going into the I mean we did a bit of that and Harry talked about um, how you develop relationships between players how you train that and how that materializes on the pitch a little bit um, but for most of it we talked about sort of the strengths and weaknesses of that approach instead which was still you know obviously a very <laughs> worthwhile thing I'm glad that we did, and it's sort of the next step in that conversation. Um, And I I thought, yeah, it's it's fine to go out on a Thursday afternoon before a Europa League game, because it's just, you know, it's just the second leg of a Europa League game that we've already wrapped up. It won't be. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, whatever. Don't worry about that. We did that one. It was really good. It was very good. Also, um,
1: I I retweeted the Nagelsmann video the weekend. I actually rewatched it. Uh, Yeah, it's it's pretty (laughs) exciting. Um, Aston Villa. Team selection. So the team selection news, I guess, that we want to focus the most on is, is Grealish not playing uh, because that was that was a very pleasant surprise. He is by far and away Aston Villa's best player and makes them tick. So it it made me tick that he wasn't playing. Hmm. Uh, but Spurs, Spurs had a few surprises of their own. Um, not so much in hindsight when you hear that Adivereld and Aurier were unavailable for selection due to, I think, illness. Um, but we played Tanganga at, at right back, Roden and Sanchez were the partners at the centre of the defence. Mm-hmm. And Vinicius came in as a sort of second forward. Although, was it a second forward, Nathan?
0: No, he led the line and Kane dropped deep because, of course, he did. How was that? <laughs> Who was expecting otherwise? Oh, they were on Sky. They did a. On Sky, the graphic was Vinicius as the 10. Which is obviously insane. Um, <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's, there's no point dwelling too much on that. Yeah, so it was it was kind of builds. Uh, not just by Alistair Gold but primarily people were getting excited about an Alistair Gold tweet that it was going to be this sort of big um this big sort of ruffle a few feathers ruffling of feathers the, yes the that's it yeah. yeah and um I'm very pleased to see Roden come back into the squads so I've been saying that you know I want to see more of him I'm quite happy seeing Tanganga playing right back considering our other options there Um the Vinicius one was an interesting one because like uh, Vinicius has played in games in which uh, we've you know, we've played badly, like Andalek or whatever. We played badly, and afterwards Mourinho said, you know, some of these second choice players they aren't trying hard enough. And then Vinicius doesn't make the cut the next time because Kane played. You think, oh, okay, clearly Vinicius is one of these players that he's not happy with. Um, obviously get knocked out of the Europa League. Larice sort of doubles down on Mourinho's point of second choice players aren't taking their chance and aren't applying themselves correctly. Um. And then Vanissius starts, and that, that was definitely surprising to me. Um, personally, I'm happy with what I've seen from him. Um, just just came as a bit of a surprise given the sort of the the context. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, you know, Kane has essentially been playing as the number ten all season, so it it makes sense.
1: Sure. And uh, and and Bardi, uh, how did you feel about? Well, I guess Grealish missing, but also Bale being only on the bench for Spurs.
2: I mean what I've been calling out for is something to something for us to get hold of with Mourinho, some kind of plan. Now everything's gone. Um I was quite looking forward to seeing what what he was going to do with the team and I, I think it was quite a promising start he that's that's I said on Twitter that's a back four I can get behind that is a back four which I think is one very much based on the future it's um, it's a back four which I have a lot of hope for and not just in hoping like that I hope they can do something but it's it's nice to have a little bit of belief and um, I want to see Roden get game time I want to see Tanganga get game time I don't need to keep seeing Orie, Alderweireld Dio I'm not we're not learning anything from these guys Mourinho's not learning anything They've They've had their opportunities this season... And they fucked it up. I think um, I think Dier is. I think Dier's career is finished at Tottenham. I, I honestly think the Zagreb result has ended Tottenham's career under Mourinho, at least. Anyway, for quite a few individuals, and I don't mind that. Let's just move on now and do something else. And I think there's a lot to be positive about from it because we finally saw a midfield trio of and Ndombélé, and Celso. and we saw a defensive lineup which which was a little bit shaky. But I don't think as shaky as Sky liked to make out it was. And it improved as the game went on, which is which is a really positive thing. Cool. So in
1: terms of how we approached the game Nathan, uh we had a question from Jamie T from the Discord who said what style of football did we play?
0: <laughs> uh we had some of the ball and sometimes we played it short, sometimes we played it long. Uh Sometimes we crossed it early. <laughs> Sometimes we passed it about. Sometimes we attacked fast. Sometimes we attacked slow. I don't know. It, uh, we, we, uh, yeah, we played really sort of generic. I guess we played dribbling football. I think we, we attempted. And obviously, this is going to be the case with, with Lucas playing and him playing quite a central I'm going to use the word central, but I don't mean central as in the center of the pitch. I mean, uh, integral, crucial, uh, spearheading, uh, role in the team. He's going to attempt a, a huge number of dribbles. LaCelso's not too dissimilar. They're going to succeed quite a few. They're going to fail quite a few. So it was dribbling football, I guess. Um, dribbling football and Kane with a player in front of him is those are a die well, <laughs> do you have a better way of phrasing what i'm trying to say um look i think the i think the positive
1: spin that, that you would put on that is that we played with variety in our game
0: that yeah but it's 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 i wouldn't use that when we played against burnley we did a really smart way of 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 um, giving sort of presenting Bernie's defenders with two situations they have to defend at once right making them half turn and then playing it short in front of them um, pretending you're going to play it short in front of them and then switching in behind that wasn't this this was just we could, we played back to basics and if you want to take Larissa's comment about like not having the sort of the foundational and, and basics there that's kind of what we did We we went out there and we were the better team <laughs> that, that's mm-hmm. the football that we played
2: I found us. I found us to be a bit more energetic than usual I thought Vinicius sure he I thought he put in an incredible shift I thought um I thought it was great to have Lo Celso back in his en- energy and just like concentrate like good industry Sissoko does some good industry but there's not really much else too I, I think yeah I think it was a much more high energy than we'd seen against Zagreb and against Arsenal especially
1: yeah, I mean, so the things that stood out to me about this performance was Kane was really, really, really good, and he'd had a couple of bad games, so it was nice to see Kane play well again and look how the result changes when Kane plays well. Also, I thought Lucas had a, another really solid game, and I'm going to say it again: I think this is Lucas's best ever spell for Spurs. Sure, I re- I really do. I think look, I don't think he's an outstanding player. I don't think he will ever be an outstanding player. I think he has. Some good attributes that you have to ride when he's hit when he's in form. Um, I think Mourinho is getting the best out of him at the moment by asking him to be a nuisance, to be to be a wasp, to to run at the defence when they've got the ball in a kind of. <laughs> a crazy way, basically. He's not structured. He just does his own thing. He just charges the players and forces mistakes. And it does... He's so quick. But it does work. And that actually brought about a, a goal yesterday. And that's not the first time that's happened. We've seen Lucas create a goal from being a nuisance before. Um, not only that, but I think he's doing a really important thing. Bardi's already mentioned the energy. I think Lucas helps set the tempo. Definitely. I think I think he he really does... With his enthusiasm, his limitless enthusiasm, he encourages others to do the same. And look, we've shat on Lucas for about two years, and all of us, I think, would not be that unhappy if he was sold. But let's enjoy him while he's playing well, and he's playing really well at the moment, and I'm, I'm, I'm happy for that.
0: I think that's fair. I think that's fair. Uh, Mm. The, the other thing is that like, um, he's finding the pass at the end of his dribble, which is like tactically the, the, the biggest thing. Um like he still has plenty of occasions where he dribbles three players and then passes a the ball to the fourth or dribbles into the fourth. Um but he he's getting off, you know, four or five times a game where he does the dribble and then he, he sets up Vinicius for for a tapping. Yeah, a you know? really good cross. Um and that, that's the difference between, you know, <laughs> good Lucas and bad Lucas, basically. The tempo stuff is important and that's why he's in the team. That's mm-hmm. that's why, you know, that's why he's starting so many games, um, when we need that. Enthusiasm is the right word. When we need that enthusiasm, and something that we've spoken about before. Um For me, I I still find him a frustrating player, even when he's giving us that when we need it and he's losing the ball and doing nothing with it. But at the moment, he's not only giving the enthusiasm, but he's also having some effectiveness. And I, and I, I, I will not say any more bad words about him in this entire section.
1: Yeah, that's the thing. While it continues, absolutely. We know it won't last forever. It never does. Uh, and we we should be selling him while he's, uh, you know, his <laughs> stock is is slightly higher. Yes. It makes complete sense to sell him as soon as possible. Um, but he will go down as a a folk hero for top for for that hat trick. And we I will never forget Lucas Moura. Basically, um, Barty, how did you feel about the sort of opening twenty five minutes where Spurs really struggled to get a grip on the game? Um, we sort of lacked control. Villa were having most of the possession. Uh, and they were doing pretty well, Villa, until it got to the final third when they just looked toothless. But uh, were you worried about um, Spurs in that period?
2: Yeah, I'd be lying if I said I wasn't. But you know, they didn't have their first shot until 58 minutes, so it wasn't like they were they were they were causing problems and they were opening us up. They were chucking the ball over the top, and Davinson Sanchez was getting himself in an uncomfortable position every now and then, and Reggion was getting caught out a little bit. He
1: was. But- he was.
2: But I think I think they adjusted. It's a it's our fifth it's the fifth fifth different centre back pairing we've had this season. So there's going to be moments, and you could see they were talking to each other, and gradually gradually those those problems stopped happening. Of course, we scored the goal, we were able to perhaps drop back a little bit. But I don't know. I I like those two at centre back. I just think they're a little bit more mobile and a little bit just they just cover ground faster and. I, I'm just more secure. When the ball gets lobbed up into the area, I just, I just have a bit more faith that Davidson or Rodan's going to get something on it. Roden made a couple of excellent blocks mm-hmm. from from crosses where that was all positioning he didn't get dragged towards a goal which is sometimes what happens to Dyer, and he didn't get caught in no man's land that's been happening to Alderweireld so he he did some good things there and I think I would like to see him play now for the rest of the season if yeah if yeah let's give him the run now because what we've got to lose we've got nothing to lose now it's it could be that maybe the top four is already done but let's let's learn something and let's build from that. I'm
1: definitely, I'm definitely on the play Roden for the rest of the season train. Mm. Uh, I'm also up for playing Tanganga at right back, even though long term yeah. I definitely think he's a centre back. I think, to be honest, Tanganga has been our best defender on numerous occasions when he's played this season. I really think he's our most naturally talented defender. Uh, but, but Roden looks good, you know. I, th- I thought Roden um, looked, like you said, looked really good with his anticipating of mm. the ball. Yeah, he looked good in possession to me as well. He's quicker than he appears. Or then you might think from his size, he's he's quick around, he's quick on the turn. And uh, I think there's lots to like about Roden. I, I mean, personally, I would prefer Adevaro to be in the team than Sanchez. I just feel more secure. I think Sanchez, he he makes some really uh, naive mistakes. He made one yesterday where he kind of barges his men off the ball unnecessarily. And he does that a lot. And it, it concerns me about him that he still hasn't kind of got to grips with muscling players off the ball um, in that way in the Premier League and doing it in a way where you don't get called up. Um, But I'm not against... I mean, if,
2: if Mourinho decides that he needs to build for the future, then fine, you know, whatever... I did think Tanganga was coming a bit too narrow in the second half. He did almost become a third centre-back. And I, they did have opportunities down the left, which was a little bit... I don't know whether that was tactical to bring him in, but he did get very narrow in the second half. And that's my only concern with him playing as a full-back. Perhaps occasionally he would just get dragged towards the centre too much. Mm-hmm. I mentioned at the top that I was really relieved that
1: Grealish wasn't playing. Um, and, I, and I, to be honest, I thought... I was worried about the game with Grealish in mind. In fact, I put Grealish in my fantasy team because hmm. I suspected that he would play and I suspected that he would score a few points. But when it was announced that he wasn't playing, I thought the best Villa can hope for here is a nil-nil. I really did. Um, Nathan, what did you make of Villa?
0: When we lost two games on the bounce recently, there was a lot of discussion about the, the run that we had prior to Arsenal and Zagreb was uh, really overblown for its positives because of the... Uh, the weakness of the opposition we faced and as much as you know that's an opportunity for me to get Mourinho's back I feel that like that was overstated because you know there aren't really bad teams in the Premier League um there aren't terrible and, and Fulham are pretty good Fulham, Fulham are pretty good you know uh it's not easy to take victories from Palace it's not easy to take victories from Burnley right it's certainly not as easy as we as we made it look um so those aren't like Just, you know, um, assumed results for us. And with all of that in mind, without Grealish villa just looks so toothless they look like so there was a period of time from sort of 15 minutes to 30 minutes or maybe 10 minutes to 30 minutes in the first half villa had a lot of the ball they had us pushed back um i think if is in that game is a very different period of time for us and potentially a very different game for us obviously you know we played the team that we come across and we did beat them and that all that is fair um but this is an occasion where I will say yes, but the opposition, because I just think that like they didn't know where to go when they they, they, they look like a team who've been de- completely dependent on one player and who are then missing their player. Right. A bit like how we've been when Kane's been missing. Um, just just no ability to sort of access the box, essentially.
1: Yeah, they were kind of reliant on Traore doing something special. And yep. to be fair, he did a couple of really special things. I mean, a the, the couple of really nice bits of skill and also that fabulous pass to targets who inexplicably chose to try and cross the ball rather than shoot. Um But as soon as Traore sort of dropped out of the game and, you know, we we got on top of him just before half time, and then second half had him under control. And he, to the extent where he got substituted, as soon as that happened, I just didn't fear them. I didn't think they had anything really. They weren't able to get the ball to Watkins effectively. Barkley came on and added nothing. McGinn, I thought, had a very underwhelming performance. And we kind of had them at arm's length in second half. And, you know, in response to that... We actually put together some pretty good moves, I thought, in the second half. And our confidence really grew after that second goal, um, which we should talk about. So, Bardi, Kane, Kane has faced some criticism for this. But what did you make of the penalty decision? He got chopped
2: down. It was a ridiculous tackle. I don't know. The ball just the ball was gone, but he still made the challenge, and it's a penalty. I mean, it's it's more of a penalty than uh, than Lacazette, Sanchez on Lacazette. But um, yeah, you should don't do that. Just a a bad decision. So I think people are sort of trying to make out that Kane cheated. In my eyes, Kane was
1: trying to do a Cruyff turn and missed the ball. (laughs) Yeah, totally. Uh, So so he just blundered. But then Cash just needlessly goes to ground and takes his standing leg. and look, I'm not going to sit here and say that's 100% a penalty. I think it's one of those 50-50 ones where, if it. the referee doesn't give it, <laughs> or is that Nathan?
0: I'll, I'll say it's 100% a penalty. He's taking him Ooh. out with his with his trailing leg.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not against that interpretation at all, but I think it's one where if the referee, if the on-field referee doesn't give it, I don't think the VAR overrules him.
2: Uh, I think VAR tells him to go and have a look at the monitor.
1: Maybe, yeah, maybe, yeah. maybe, um, but. Absolutely ludicrous tackle from Cash. I mean that's the that's the key takeaway. Do not go to ground like that against Harry Kane in the box. Absolutely uh, ridiculous.
0: Yeah, I was um I was I was talking up Cash in on Discord. I was he's good, he's looking good. up a bunch of uh of statistics around Cash. I was asking my my friend to watch Villa. I was like, Yeah, this is maybe this is because I talked about him when he was uh in the championship and I and I was like, maybe this is a play we should oh he's just he's just he's just Scythe came down in the penny box, never mind. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, um no, I think he's a good fullback. I do think he's a good fullback. That was a very naive moment from um a player who's old enough to know better, but there we go. There we go. Uh as I said, I think that that second goal gave Spurs a lot of confidence and you could see it flowing back into the play. Um some really nice moments. I kind of wanted Bale to come on at that point. I wanted Bale to sort of be in amongst it and maybe score a couple of goals while we were on top, but alas, it wasn't to be. Um, Nathan, what did you think of Lo
0: Not his uh, strongest game, you know, if you're... If you're a player with the talents of Lo Celso when you are made to be sort of the second best winger with Lucas on the other wing, you're not doing too great. I just do not said anything bad that, about Lucas, but he's he's I, just returned from injury. Happy with him either. Yeah, you know, mm. I don't think I don't, he's he's obviously going to be way off match fit. Uh, you know, uh, uh, let's let's talk about Lo Celso again in in three weeks' time, and I think that we'll be feeling much more positive about him. Um yeah. you know, still still still, um, he comes to the ball a lot when. Uh, um more than most players would but uh, and and is probably not the best habit in a lot of setups but i think because of the way that we play suits us pretty well and and got us moving in that way quite a bit um carried the ball over over distances in, in a way that was useful for us um not really much in the final third for us in this game but again you know uh Probably, I, he probably wouldn't have started this game under normal circumstances. I think it's only because Mourinho was looking for that changeover in in the eleven, and, you know, send a message to Bale and all of that kind of stuff. Um, that he started, I think that he would probably been in for um, you know more minutes off the bench for a little while. Um, so yeah. Three weeks time. Three weeks time. We'll talk about Lascello again. I
2: still yeah. think. I still think Lascello. This. This La Celso not match fit, is still a huge mark step up from Winx and Sissoko. So I'm sure. I'm, oh god, yeah. I'm very, yeah. I'm very yeah. happy. I'm very happy to see him play and get minutes. And as we go into a part of the season where it's one week a game, one one game a week, I think this is going to be great for him.
1: Yeah, yeah. It definitely works out nicely for for La Celso coming mm. back. So hopefully get some form and fitness back back end the season. That'd be lovely. Um, We have loads of questions, as ever. So this one is from Matt Smith on Discord, who says, Why has Tongi dropped off, or why is he not as effective? Bardi, what do you think?
2: Um, I thought he was pretty good against Villa. I I thought at points perhaps he was too deep, like he was taking the ball between the centre-backs. Um... I thought I thought he did I thought he did he had a good game. Um it's it's very much becoming a kind of Dembele role where he breaks the press and moves the ball and the worst case scenario at the moment is he he wins a free kick. So he doesn't give the ball away. That often just looking at it with my eyes. So I thought I thought he was fine. That slaloming run
1: where he avoided like three players was insane. He he does that. He does one of those every match. Yeah. I think we're at a point with Endombly now where we are we, we are just accepting his brilliance as normality and we need to keep recognizing it as brilliance. He's so good.
2: There are moments which concern me about him that he still, him and Kane still don't seem to quite understand each other. The between the two of them, they will pass the ball to each other in at the wrong time and in the wrong place. So I would like to see that understanding work a bit better because I think if we can get that flow from midfield into Kane, especially from Ndombele to Kane, I think that could be something special. And I, they're not quite on the wave, same wavelength yet. Wavelength yet.
0: That um, that slow running run. Uh, it was finished by something that we've seen a few times now, which is a, a funny combination of uh, the extent to which Ndombele wants to really zip the ball into players. He, he, You could accuse him of overhitting passes. There's also an interpretation that like he wants players to take the ball yep. on the run through. Uh, but the combination of that with Vinicius's sort of generally not great first touch <laughs> means that he yeah, slaloms past three players. Incredible, incredible stuff. Real, you know... Uh, the the absolute elite of midfield play, followed by just pinging the all <laughs> of Vinicius very hard. <laughs> um why I, I this question sort of obviously must predate this game or is sort of looking back from before this game too and i think that he's maybe looked a little tired recently um and I, I think you're right about like sort of the level of expectation that we have around him um and he's not always you know if he's made you say wow 5 weeks in a row and he doesn't make you say wow on the 6th week you go oh hang on why is he dropping off maybe maybe a bit of that um but i also think that just Maybe we've not played that great at the last couple of games and, and that's it. So I've I've no concerns about Dengue, that's for sure.
1: I love him. I really love him. And I think so all the data uh shows that he is truly an exceptional central midfielder. Yeah. Uh yeah, I mean the thing is when you've got a player who who has the skill set that he has you've just got to enjoy them and don't look for the negatives in the game just enjoy all the positives because this isn't going to happen very often we're not going to have a central midfielder who can do all these things like we were lucky we were spoilt with with um, Moussa Dembele for all those years and it took us a long time to start to appreciate him as a fan base let's not do the same with
0: ndombele <laughs> doesn't uh, score enough goals for me Chris
1: don't <laughs> That's. I literally had that conversation with someone on Twitter the other day um, yeah <laughs> Um Crone'scast says, carrying on from your discussions in the last pod about fans in the stadium affecting the chairman's decisions. I'm a season ticket holder. And like most people hate Jose as our manager, but I currently feel very helpless and hopeless on that matter about the situation at Spurs. As fans, and especially whilst the stadiums are empty, is there any more that we can do to affect change at the club? Going to watch Spurs is such a massive part of my life, I would not want to give that up with a boycott on my season ticket renewal. Bardi, any any thoughts on on how fans can sort of feel like they're having, feel like they're making some sort of action?
0: Don't ask him, he'll say suck it up and appreciate Mourinho's genius. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Yeah, exactly. So, Barbie, imagine
1: if you didn't. Imagine if you were (laughs) really fed up with Mourinho. You're a season ticket holder. What
2: would you do? Sometimes you have to realise that me as an individual, I can't do anything because my my season ticket, if I don't go, if I get rid of it, someone's just going to take it. So, unless you actually mobilise and do something more than just create a hashtag on Twitter like e Out, (laughs) there's not much else you can do. And unfortunately, Tottenham have got so big now that those people who are e Out, those people that are Jose, Jose Out, you're not doing anything. The club is not going to change its mind or change its policy based on a few individuals being upset on social media. So unless there's an actual mobilization of fans and they do something, um, a protest or a walkout or have some kind of power move, there's nothing you could do. Just um, just know that we'll, it's a phase and clubs go through phases. And if this phase doesn't particularly work for you, then just be patient and we'll be through into another phase, which you'll like for a little bit. And then it will become shit again, because unfortunately that's what watching football is like, especially for a club like Tottenham, that we're not going to win trophies all the time. But when we have good moments, enjoy it. When we have bad moments, it's temporary. Yeah, there's not, there's not much else you can do. I think
1: also Daniel Levy... Uh... As much as people have major complaints about Daniel Levy, and I think a lot of them are legitimate, he's not an idiot. He's not going to want a disaffected, disenfranchised fan base. He's not going to want um, a manager who fails to get the club into the Champions League if if that happens. I, I think um, I think he'll do what needs to be done, if it needs to be done. Uh, Kronescast also says that he'd love to hear more about us three on a personal level in terms of our backgrounds. So uh, look out for something I'm going to try and put together for the X-UPS on that cast. Um Gumnut, who is an absolute legend, posts mm. our podcast to Koi's Reddit uh, everywhere. In fact, why am I calling him a legend for that? He, he ruins my life on a weekly basis when <laughs> doing that because Reddit hates us. Uh, no, Gumnut is a legend. Uh, Gumnut says, Is it hard to stay motivated doing this podcast and all the other extra inch bits during all of this? And I think by all of this, what he meant was the last few, the last couple of weeks, the, the Arsenal match, the Dinamo Zagreb match, the periods where Spurs were losing. Um, Nathan, how do you find, how do you find the motivation to continue doing your videos, for example?
0: Yeah, um, recently it has been, it has been slightly challenging. Um when, I, when I'm thinking, I don't really like even just like watching games. Sometimes my dad will be like, Oh, I'm, I'm not too worried about I've got this other thing on during the game, I'm not too worried about missing it. I don't know if you're watching, I'm saying, Well, I sort of have to watch it because it's kind of my job. So, <laughs> um, that occurs. I've and, done and, and, like before this podcast, and, and even during this podcast, I've sort of said this is probably going to be slightly short ones because there isn't that much to say about the game. Um, and I think that, yeah, again, with my dad, if he asked me a question about Spurs, I might have just sort of be like, Oh, well, you know, if I was down the pub, which obviously I'm not, but if I was down the pub and some says oh you know did you see that spurs game i'd probably be like well yeah you know because there isn't that much to say but i think that the the dynamic that the three of us have i i say at the start i don't know if i have that much to say but we just have this ability to sort of draw conversation out of each other so i might feel a little apprehensive before a video or before a podcast thinking do i really want to do this or do i really have that much to say but we get going and and it's very easy so there's always something to say
1: <laughs> that's the thing i mean yeah. I think Spurs are great source material, and I think, in, in a strange way, the ups and downs of this season have made it, um, In some, I mean, I said last week that it's been my, my least favourite season as a Spurs fan, that is absolutely true, but in terms of creating content, it's easy when you've got constant talking points, it's... Uh, And that's why that's what my motivation is. It's to find the talking points and to to find out why Bardi's not unhappy, you know, (laughs) because it's like when you think of it, it is a bit odd that we are at complete opposite ends of the spectrum, despite the amount of time we spend talking to one another
2: about football. That's fascinating, isn't it? Mm-hmm. I mean, How about I, you, buddy? I spend, I've spent the last, I don't know, 30 years of my life thinking nothing about nothing apart from Tottenham. So um, yeah. <laughs> What it's weird, what I do find difficult is talking about Tottenham outside of here. Mm. And that's, yeah, and that's where it gets a bit strange when I, like, went back in those days when I used to work in an office and someone would go, hey, Tottenham, eh? And I'd be like, I, yeah, I don't want to talk to Tottenham. I don't want to talk about Tottenham with you. But then I'm quite happy to come on here and talk, talk about Tottenham all evening. Um, there are... They're a wonderful beast, and there's always this scene in the in the Simpsons that I always always reminds me of Tottenham. Is when all those viruses are trying to kill Mr. Burns, and because they're all trying (laughs) to kill him at the same time, he's alive. And that's that's me with Tottenham. I hate Tottenham so much, but all my hate can't get through the door. So I just love Tottenham, and I love (laughs) Tottenham so much, but. I equally hate them and that's why that's why I can't stop talking about them, I can't stop thinking about them and I, I, they dictate so much of my life is, is because they are such a part of me, those
1: bastards <laughs> uh, Scout1081, who is M. Uden says, question, for next season would you prefer some squad changes add another season with a diluted hope of top four or <laughs> add some promising kids and accept a mid-table finish with meaningful minutes for our young players, any thoughts?
0: This is clearly bait to get us tweeted about <laughs> because the, the trap here is that uh, Scout1081 knows well and good that we would happily take lesser results for more promising football with younger, exciting players, knowing that they <laughs> Not Vardy, obviously. Just to get people to tell us that we hate to win and we're natural losers, etc, cetera, etc. Cetera.
1: I didn't see this question that way, I must admit. Vardy, <laughs> go on.
2: There doesn't have to be that one or the other that's we true. Can... that was my answer why not <laughs> yeah. both why not both and you know why not both and we perhaps we're going to see that from now on from now until the end of the season that would be nice it doesn't have to be one or other it doesn't have to be let's let's fire Mourinho I, I mean I still think Mourinho probably goes at the end of the season but if he goes and he leaves with top four in the league cup then he walks away happy and he leaves us happy that's sure. that's the that's the best thing no and I'm, I'm sure you two would agree with that you would like us to finish top four and the and league cup Mourinho walks away oh, I did the impossible, and then <laughs> something else moves on. I'm happy, you're happy, we're all happy. So this is this is what upsets me about people who want Spurs to tank so Jose can go. Jose might still go anyway, because Levy might just be fed up with it, and he might make that change. Uh, but let's we can have good things and still change. It doesn't have to be awful for a change to be pushed.
1: Yeah, and I, I do think we need some squad changes. In fact, I had this discussion mm. with um, Ali Jameson on Twitter the other day around how many changes we need. And and Addy was saying he thinks we need 10 players to leave the club. And I was like, go on and list them. Let's see (laughs) see a list of 10. And I I couldn't disagree with many of them. I genuinely like. I looked at that list and was like, God, yeah, he's he's mainly right. I mean, Bergfein was on there. I I would keep but But yeah, I mean, I was saying seven, eight, nine players to leave would be about right for me this summer. And the thing is, I don't think we need to bring in that many players to replace them because... You know, we've got Sessignon, we've got Skip, we've potentially got Parrott. Yeah. Perhaps we've got some more youngsters to come through. Replace these players like Rose and even Winks, Ahsoka, if they have to go. Some of our centre-backs. Replace them with players that are already in the squad. We don't need a huge squad um, like we've had this season. And then just sign like two or three key players, a right-back, maybe two right-backs, a centre-back.
0: Maybe two centre-backs.
1: <laughs> maybe two centre-backs. Maybe a goalkeeper. Who knows? Uh, but you know what I mean? It's like we, I don't think the surgery is that extensive. No. Uh, and I think suddenly we're easily top four again. It, uh, this all depends on whether we keep Kane, of course. Because if Kane goes, then the, yeah, the top four's gone. Top four's done if Kane goes. Uh, certainly for a few years. But keep Kane. Keep Ndombele. Keep Son. And that's... You don't need a lot more to be a top four club, I think. I think that's that's more than achievable, even with a few youngsters in the team, like Roden, like Tanganga, like whoever, like Skip. It's, it's, it's completely possible. Uh, Kunal Shah, um, who's one of our ex-subs, says, On the post-North London derby pod, Bardi suggested that we can't expect Bale to track back and help with defensive duties. Um, but Bale's once a defender and he's yeah, I mean. perfectly capable of defending. Yes, he might have since developed as a player and asking him to track back might not be getting the most out of him, but our primary objective isn't to get the most out of him, it's to do what is needed to win football matches. I, I wanted to ask this one, Bardi, because, hmm. because Bale was out of the team this round, do you think that was partly as a result of the onslaught down that side against Arsenal?
2: No, I just just don't think he had a very good game and I don't think he was very good when he came on against Zagreb. There was a moment in Zagreb where the ball dropped to him on his left foot in the edge of the area and he just seemed to revert back to pensive bail. He should have just swung at it. But he didn't. And it was almost like he purposely refused to pull the trigger. And I don't want to say, I don't want to accuse him of sabotage. But it just didn't seem right. And uh, yes, Bale started life as a left back, as a left wing back. And he, he was he was fine at that, at championship level. But um, I just don't think he's got the physical capability or even the, the mental drive to, to turn around and chase back. It's not anything, it's not something he's done for, for many, many years. And I don't think now with his declining physical state, he's going to start doing it. That's the thing, isn't it? It's the it's the legs. It's yep.
1: like I'm sure he's got the defensive now still within him somewhere. I'm sure he knows where to be if he's asked to do that, but. Can he then get up the other end in a few seconds? I highly doubt it. Uh, Nathan, is it is it just a case of balancing the team appropriately as a res- as in a response to that?
0: Yeah, basically, yeah, yeah. I think, yeah, yeah. I mean, you've, you've you've already said it in the like the fact that he's a former fullback Like the 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 reason he was sort of even even championship good <laughs> at fullback is because of the the endless stamina he used to possess, and what was once a strength, a, you know, way above average, is now a weakness. Way below average um and so it's not really fair to like call him lazy it hits him knowing that he only has so much to give and him prioritizing attacking over defending uh maybe there's problems with that if you're playing in a Jose Mourinho side against you know top six or quotation mark top six opposition um but that's what you're going to get I don't think that that's necessary I mean that's that's going to cause you some problems sometimes and it's something you have to think about and and maybe Bale is you know it, it has to be in this squad or or any other squad sort of a bit of a flat track bully and you bring him out to the you know your third difference maker against Aston Villa or Burnley and you, maybe maybe you can't play him against really good sides or even good sides
2: yeah I, I think Nathan touched on something there as well but I'd like to even expand on that I don't think Bale play not just a Mourinho side, but I don't think he, he plays in a Guardiola side or a Klopp side. I just don't I don't even sure. think he plays in a Nagosman side. I just I just don't think he's got that, that engine or that drive to, to do those kind of things. You'd have to do what um kind of Juve are doing unsuccessfully now with Ronaldo is you just try to carry this individual and hope that he has the brilliance to, to lead you through games. And I just don't think Bale has that against the top teams to be able to win us those matches anymore. And I agree with Nathalon hundred percent that he should be used for the Villa, the Burnleys, the Palace games where you need someone just to pull pull something out of the bag. Lovely stuff and before we end I just
1: want to, to drip in another little bit of positivity um, if you've not seen it yet log on to Twitter and do a search for Thomas Bloxham B-L-O-X-H-A-M uh, who is one of our under 16s who scored an absolutely mm. glorious goal uh, this past weekend. Bloxham is one of an array of very impressive players we've got coming into our academy hopefully next season I assume he's signed a a pre-scholarship deal. I hope he has because he's he's very good. So there's a lot to look forward to in this group. We have lots of players who've already been in the England under-16 squad or training camps. Um... Uh, so, some of the names are very exciting. Dor- Alfie Dorrington, Gunter, Don Lee, Brian War, Paisold. There are some future Spurs players amongst this lot. I'm absolutely sure of it. And we've got a very impressive first-year academy group who will be going to the second year, the likes of Scarlett, Divine, Hackett, Volton. Um, there's some very good, very, very good players in and around our academy at the moment, and we should be hugely excited about what happens with them in the next couple of years. So uh, if Spurs are driving you mad... Do a little bit of focus on the Academy for a while and, uh, and think what the future's got in store. Job done. You've been listening to The Extra Inch. Thanks to Nathan A. Clark for production. Thanks to Bardi for being Italian. Thanks to Adam Gardner for the artwork. Thanks to David Lindmer for our intro music. You can find him on Twitter at Davy Shambles and his SoundCloud, D Do check him out, he's great. Great, great. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at The Extra Inch. Email us via podcast at theextrainch.co.uk and subscribe via your usual podcast platforms. And if you do enjoy the podcast, consider leaving us a rating and review. That would really help.